Welcome to Yes You, a podcast for women to imagine, explore, and step right on into a new paradigm of life and leadership. I'm Annie Carter, a conscious business owner, yoga practitioner, and a big believer that this world needs all women to show up just as we are. This world needs you. Yes, you. Are you in? Let's do this. Hello there. Thank you for being here with me. I want to pay my deep respect to the traditional custodians of the land where I live, the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nations. And today I want to let you know about a campaign called Know Your Country. You can find it at knowyourcountry.com.au. And basically, this campaign is about First Nations education at a primary school level. And so the campaign is seeking to have First Nations cultural educators in every primary school across Australia. When I think back, I was in year 11, if not year 12, when I first learned anything about Aboriginal people, Aboriginal history. How shocking is that? I remember even at the time being like, how have I not learned this until now? And literally it was like one lecture, like one class that we watched a video and had a discussion about it. And so you can imagine what a profound impact it could have if this campaign is successful and there ends up being First Nations education and First Nations cultural educators in every primary school across Australia. What a difference that would make if our kids learned about Aboriginal history and culture at a young age, it was just embedded in their learning. Massive difference that that could make in terms of reconciliation, in terms of understanding and acknowledgement and healing. This year, the NAIDOC week theme was heal country. And these are the kinds of things I think that are really required for that genuine healing to take place. So please go and check it out. You can follow them on Instagram, Know Your Country. Their Instagram handle is spelt K-N-O-W-Y-R-C-O-U-N-T-R-Y. And you can look at their website and sign their petition at knowyourcountry.com.au. So just a little content warning for today's episode. I'm going to share briefly about some of my experience of a pregnancy loss and miscarriage. So just heads up that that will be coming in this episode. Today, as I record this, it feels like there is a lot of heaviness. It feels like the world is heavy right now. There are people literally fleeing for their lives in Afghanistan as the Taliban has just taken over once again. There's been a massive earthquake in Haiti. There are several countries in conflict with major stuff going on. COVID is still very much with us in Australia. Our major cities are still in lockdown and it just feels like, oh, a heavy, heavy time. The the IPCC report has has come out last week and, you know, basically saying the world is burning and it's full on. And I 
I think it's really hard for us as humans to process this stuff because we are fundamentally programmed to avoid suffering and to seek pleasure. And so it kind of comes so naturally to us to want to turn a blind eye and to protect ourselves, shield ourselves from the awfulness that is life sometimes. And, you know, you might be listening to this in a completely different time. You might be listening to this three years down the track when all these things are sorted and all good. Let's hope so. But still, life has heavy times. There are times when it just feels like the heaviness, the suffering, the injustice, the fear is just so thick in our lives. And it becomes so overwhelming at times that we might just kind of either numb ourselves out to it or we go looking for a distraction. We go looking for something that just brings us a little bit of relief, some joy, some happiness. But then that in itself, as we kind of seek out pleasure in these times, can create this internal dissonance where we find ourselves kind of being confronted with what is going on and the the sadness and the awfulness. And then we feel this sense of like, well, how can I be happy when all this awful stuff is happening? And so we stifle our joy and we give ourselves a hard time. We feel guilty even for feeling joy or for enjoying a moment in our life. But by doing that, then we end up right, right back in just the awfulness And the sorrow and the suffering and the pain of it all can just really become unbearable. And today I just want to talk about showing up for the bitter sweetness that is life. I feel like I have learned through experience and through observation that it's like our joy button is right next to our grief button. We might think that it's like a spectrum or a pendulum, that at one end there's sadness and suffering and pain, and at the other end there's happiness and joy and celebration. But it's not actually the case, and even science shows that it's not the case. Psychologists don't work with it as a spectrum. They work at it as really as two different sets of emotions, emotions that have a positive feel and emotions that have a more negative quality. I had an experience uh, some years ago where I was dancing and I was loving it. I was just by myself at home and I had been working on like creating a dance routine when I was teaching dance fitness classes and I was full of joy and feeling really vibrant and loving life and then out of the blue, I just started bawling and I started just crying and releasing some grief about some stuff in my life. And it was like, whoa, like, where did that come from? How was that that I was like, at a, like the most sort of joyful, ecstatic moment that I have had for a while? And right then and there, that grief kind of, whoa, it just <laughs> came up and right out. But isn't that life sometimes? It's almost like this exquisiteness of joy and pain that are so intermingled that we can't even decipher which one is which. And I guess I want to say to you today that if you're finding that to be the case, that there are moments of real struggle and real suffering and real angst 
and also moments of joy and peace and happiness. And perhaps those moments here and there are one and the same moment that that's okay. That is life. And I really want to just encourage you to be here for all of it. Show up for all of it rather than pushing one away because you want to resist the pain or because you feel bad about the joy. What would it be like for you to actually just show up for all of it? I really got this. It's like I learned this lesson intensely a number of years back, more than 10 years ago. I was pregnant with my ex-partner and I went through what you might call like a, a drawn out miscarriage. Ultimately, the pregnancy resulted in a miscarriage, but it didn't just happen. There was like several weeks where it was like, am I miscarrying? Am I not? There was bleeding and then there was like we found a heartbeat and it's all good and oh gosh it was a a roller coaster ride of a time and really really intense really really heartbreaking and difficult and there came a point where finally I had gone into the hospital and they had done an ultrasound kind of just to humor me because I think I'd been there the day before and they'd found a heartbeat with an ultrasound. And so they'd like, go home, just go, (laughs) go away. And then I had all this more bleeding, more pain. And I returned the next day and I just knew deep down that there was no more baby, that it was gone. And so I asked them to do an ultrasound and they did. And yeah, it confirmed that there was no heartbeat that was a Friday and they said, okay, let's wait over the weekend and we'll get you back in, in, in here on Monday and we'll do the D and C like the uh, clearing out of the uterus. So kind of any tissue that remains from the embryo or anything that will remove that. And so I had a weekend to wait before I went back in for that procedure on the Monday. And they said, it's possible that your body might just sort of clear itself out on its own on that weekend was my best friend's wedding. My friend who had been my dear, dear best friend since I was 14 years old. And it had been a big journey for her to get to the point of getting married. And so on that Saturday, I was there at her wedding and it was the most joyful, beautiful celebration. It was like we were doing like barn dancing and I was surrounded by lots of my friends and yeah, huge celebration, lots of singing, and just good vibes. And I celebrated because it was my best friend getting married and it wasn't like oh, I just sucked it up and celebrated, like genuinely deep within myself I was celebrating. I felt the vibrancy of her love and joy and with her new husband and the life of dancing together with friends and all of that. And it was deeply joyful to be there. And at the same time, I was experiencing this real grief and this deep pain and sharing with my friends what was happening in my body and that I was right then and there losing my baby. And it was both all at once. And so I'd be out there 
dancing up a storm, having the greatest time. And at one point in the night, I went to the toilet and I passed a big clot, big mass that I felt in my heart that 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 was the baby. And it all happened at once. I cried with my friends at the table as I shared, and then I dosy-doed with them <laughs> at the same with those same friends, having the happiest time. And when I look back at that time, and I consider, was I in grief or was it celebration? Was that a time of sorrow or was it joy? And to my core, I know that honestly, it was both. And that experience was a profound learning of that truth. And I've known it deeply since then, that life is not necessarily one or the other. It can be both and life will be both. So I guess I want to encourage you to to please meet yourself in your sorrow and worry and anger and also meet yourself in your joy and your celebration and your love. And don't be surprised or conflicted if you meet both at the same time. They're not two ends of the spectrum. I reckon they are buttons that sit right, right next to each other. And sometimes one gets pushed right at the same time as the other one. So yes, let your dancing turn into sobbing sometimes and savor the sweet relief of laughing with someone you love amidst heartache and pain because that is the richness of life. That is life and really we do a number on ourselves (laughs) by trying to make it one or the other. In the beautiful yogic teachings of Patanjali and the Yoga Sutra, the Sutra 133 talks about maintaining a calm and steady mind and how to do that. And one of the ways that it offers in this particular sutra is that it says to cultivate a friendliness towards people who are happy and compassion towards those who are unhappy and gladness to the virtuous and an equanimity towards the non-virtuous or the, the wicked. And I think there's something in this that we can be happy with those who are happy and we can be compassionate to those who are suffering and maybe sometimes the, the one suffering is us and we need to maintain compassion towards ourselves. But we can be happy with one person and compassionate and empathetic towards another at the same time. We can have gladness towards those who are virtuous or those who are successful or those who are achieving things. And we can also maintain just like a, a calmness, a steadiness, an equanimity, like a non-attachment about those who are non-virtuous rather than getting kind of caught up in their drama. We can let it slide off our back to some extent. As a side note, I don't think that that is giving us permission or encouragement to ignore injustice. I believe that compassion for others leads us to seeking justice and to taking action where that is required. And yes, right now, so much of what's going on in the world needs us to show up for it, not to turn away, not to be overwhelmed to the point of paralysis where we don't act. 
I think the compassion side of it means that we do show up, we sign the petitions, we show up for the rallies when they're COVID safe or we show up in whatever way that we can. We take action on climate change. But fundamentally, I think there's something beautiful in this teaching of this sutra that for a calm and steady mind, for balance in our lives, there is room for all of these realities, for friendliness, for compassion, for gladness, for equanimity, for the kind of the messiness of life. So if you feel like you're kind of being pulled or swung back and forth on a pendulum of experience right now or at any point in your life, rather than seeing it as a spectrum or kind of really feeling the polarities of it, the bitter at one end, the sweet at the other, can you show up for all of it and embrace the bittersweet that may exist in a single moment? It may be in separate moments, but sometimes it all comes together. And I think that there's something really human and actually really rich for us in showing up for it all. Lots of love to you. Chat to you soon. Thank you for joining me. Head on over to my website, anniecarter.com.au, where you'll find some free resources to support you in your life and leadership. Please make sure that you subscribe so you don't miss an episode. And I would really love your help in spreading the word about Yes You. So if you have friends who you think would enjoy it, please let them know. You could take a minute to write a review saying why you're loving it. And you could screenshot this episode and share it on your social media. Make sure you tag me on Instagram at underscore Annie Carter. Until next time, let me remind you that you, yes, you are awesome and I'm so glad you're here. Sending you big love and I'll chat to you soon.